<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Wentworth will not count. Ollie, Randy, and I are going to talk all about the incredible tribal and more during our gameplay review of Survivor Cambodia Second Chances Episode 8. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and threads at Survivor Now Podcast. We're also on Twitter or X at Survivor Now Pod. If you would like to support the channel while also getting exclusive content, you can check out our membership tiers in the graphic below and select the best option that works for you. But of course, if you are unable to join at this time, totally understandable. Liking this video and leaving comments is another great way to show support. All right. Randy, I have to ask, as a first-time viewer of this season, is this a defining episode? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I was literally saying before we went on the air um, that I feel like this could be one of the most probably is one of the most memorial episodes or in like survivor history memorable not yeah you get what i'm saying one of the most memorable episodes in survivor history the the moments in this one are so iconic and i'm i guess i'm kind of in the middle of you guys like not only on the screen but like in general because matthew you haven't seen the season so you're watching it for the first time all the way through and then ollie you feel like I feel like you have great memory of the season, whereas this is one of my favorite seasons of all time. It has one of my favorite players of all time who wins. I love not uh, I'm sure we all, I won't get into it, but I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. I love the winner of this season. I'll say that. Um, but I my memory doesn't remember exactly what happens when. So when we're watching this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, we get such a cute moment with Keith at the reward. And then to see that iconic Wentworth play, I was like, this episode has everything. This was such a good episode of the season. It was fantastic. Yeah, I feel like it really hits the mark on what we know and love being viewers of the game. Ollie, what would you say is something about this episode maybe it's multiple things randy sort of touched upon them that really make for wonderful storytelling i think it's just the and we'll get into it later on in the episode but it's kind of the the arc of what happens to get into tribal and that this like the decisions that were made and the the events that occurred without trying to spoil it but it's just you see what happens throughout the episode and you're like it's going to go one way, then it's going to go somewhere else. 
it goes back to this way and then it's like no mic drop that, did that, i did i say too much at the like right off the bat did i say too much i no. don't think so i mean we're gonna get into I'm it right now that. we have orkin it's it am i i hope i'm saying this right they you know this is the part of the show where jeff stops sort of saying the tribe name so i'm just gonna go with orkin it is day 20 and savage is very very proud to have made it to the jury portion of the game and he is feeling very confident like i'm just gonna stick with the og Bion alliance and we're gonna get rid of the sierras abbeys and wentworths sounds like a fairly easy strategy it sounds like an old school strategy as he as mentioned I really can't decide if Savage is a top survivor player or not. And like going into the season, I would be like, you know, obviously Savage deserves a second chance. He's a very good survivor player. Like that's what I would say going in and just watching him this season. I think he's older than old school. Like I am all for getting with an alliance and staying with it. But I feel like Savage isn't really playing the game to the sense of you have to make moves um, that that's going to strengthen your game. And I feel like he gets in a top alliance, seven or eight people, and he decides to stay with them throughout, even if it means he's taking someone stronger than him with a stronger resume to the end. So I don't think he has an old school game play. I think he has an old school mindset. Mm because we'll get into it more in the episode because again i am clearly savage's top fan um (laughs) lies lies i believe Um, it um, (laughs) you kind of see with the way he talks about certain events that occur to me it's not that he's got an old school game because you've seen him make moves you've seen him strategize and credit to him for that it's it's for me an old school mindset on how he views certain actions and i'm there going why that that's honestly the perfect way to say it i just and we're gonna get more into it you just see savage this episode kind of throw his game away in a sense to where i can see why the outcome led to that and let me just say if you start off the episode as a castaway that's like i am feeling great i am in such a good position Nine times out of ten, it's not going to end up working out in the best way for you. Yeah, you're usually the one to watch. What's up, Ollie? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, can we also, I just because this was the first thing I clocked at the start of the episode, and I just want to touch on it. It was the first shot of Steven in the hammock, just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he okay? Face down completely. He needs to share another poem, probably. I think that might put the pep back into his step. Yeah, we didn't uh, get a poem this episode. That was we so did not, but Steven was focused on a lot more uh, gameplay this time around. So uh, Savage also hints that he knows that Sierra, Kelly, Wentworth, and Abby are, they, you know, they're going to try to make a big move soon. And he has to combat that as best as he can. So it's it's just a wonderful foreshadowing of all there is to come and right before we get into the reward challenge we also get steven talking about how he doesn't want to be run over by a bunch of bros and this has been a storyline that has been building for steven since day one of this game so it, it it's it's amazing to see it still play out i don't want to talk too much about what happens later in the episode until we get there but S- S- steven has uh concerning me a little bit i'm nervous for him 
Yeah, I think, like, because I wrote that down as soon as I heard him say he doesn't want to get steamrolled by a bunch of bros. I think he's still kind of holding the token sheen's weight on his shoulders. And I think he's still he's he's still allowing that to kind of be there to be like, remember what happened in your first season? Don't let it happen again. And I feel like he's kind of just he, that that little devil on his side is just con constantly talking in his ear where he's now starting to put the blinders on with it. And I'm hoping he can kind of at least take one away and be like, okay, I'm going to keep remind this, but then just keep it an eye on everything else. I find it so interesting that kind of this two-person inner alliance that's working together all season, Jeremy and Fishback, have two very different views on who they want to take out of this game and who they want to continue to take on because Fishback has been so focused on this big guy alliance and wanting to not get steamrolled by them. But at the same time, Jeremy is wanting to keep all these big guys around to kind of use them as shields. So that's so interesting to me that these two people working together, totally different views. And it doesn't seem like it's really getting in the way of them working together. If that makes sense. Well, I feel like it's because one like more so Steven isn't necessarily seeing Jeremy's reasons. Jeremy is a very good social player. So he's able to give face value reasons and keeping his real reasons under the like beneath the surface. Because it's a very smart fact, because out of the big guys, he is the most social one. So I feel like when people would start to go for the big guys, he'd be able to kind of sit back and let them go in front of him. That's why he's doing it. Obviously, he's mentioned that so many times. But he's very good at not showing that as the reason he's very good at giving the surface level reasons to keeping them in order to keep his agenda continuing that's true he's he's keeping his cards very close to his chest but just enough to let the person peek at them where it, it doesn't raise any suspicions and i have to point out i think where jeremy is very lucky is that he's not the only one who's relying on keeping these bigger threats in the game to shield him. Savage is also trying to do that. And we see him uh, really go um, up to bat for Joe later in the episode as well. And I do want to highlight before we get into the reward challenge, the excellent gameplay, I would say from Sierra who identified that Joe was a sore subject for Steven and what kind of caused this, theme to continue was she approached Steven and was like, um, I'd like to get Joe out next. And knowing Steven in this game, he is very on board to do that. So I thought that that was a nice little touch that she was aware to go after Steven with, with that. So let's get into the reward challenge. All right. So the tribes will be divided into two teams that will race to retrieve four crates from the ocean. The teams must stack the crates on top of each other, making sure there are no repeating colors on all four sides of their tower. The first team to finish wins a trip to the Survivor Cafe. Jeff says the reward is so sugary that the winning team will return to camp hopping around like little bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> This is where I just like it. It, it just like I just want to give Jeff a hug or something. He's just like he's trying. He's he's trying. He's, he's trying. I my biggest my only complaint about this challenge was I was coming into this. I was going to say this last week on the podcast, and I I couldn't make it unfortunately. But I was going to say how amazing is it to have like actual survivor rewards back and not just the sanctuary. But at the same time, I was like, 
this pretty much is just the sanctuary. And we'll get into more of it later. But so I was kind of a letdown at first. Once I heard Survivor Cafe, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't escape the freaking sanctuary. Um, (laughs) But there was some like really great strategy in this one. Like I thought when the two boats collided at the first time, um, purple was kind of just waiting on green to get to their boat before maybe using their hands or something to push them away. Where I thought green was brilliant. They used the oars like instantly to kind of shove purple in the wrong direction. And that kind of put them off, off beat right at the start. Yeah, that was really, really fun to watch. I enjoyed this challenge. I also liked, I thought it was cool that usually we see this sort of like build a tower out of the blocks puzzle, but there's nothing separating the pieces. I liked that there was like a structure. I did too. They had yes. to yeah. really strategize how they were going to get it up to the top. So let's just also go over, um, you saw purple and green. I saw blue and pink. So we're just going to combine the two <laughs> on the on the color of the Sky Tribe uh, team. We have Kelly Wentworth, Kimmy, Kelly Wiggles, who lost this challenge on her OG season uh, to someone she says couldn't swim. So that's fun. Uh, Joe, Sierra, and Keith, they all make up the blue or green team. And then on the pink or purple team, we have Tasha, Savage, Spencer, Jeremy, uh, Fishback, and Abby. So it comes down to the pink team thinks that they won, but their puzzle is incorrect. Oh, it's that classic thing that happens. And the blue team ends up winning a trip to the Survivor Cafe. I thought that this was interesting because they didn't exactly, the blue team didn't exactly call Jeff over. He sort of, after he saw that the pink team had lost, he went kind of right over to check out the blue teams. And it seems like they were just about to finish. So, I mean, you could tell just how excited Kelly Wentworth, Kimmy, Wiggles, Joe, Sierra, and Keith were to win this challenge. Do you think Jeff uh, gets aggravated when he gets called over? Like when Fishback is like, oh, we got it. We got it, Jeff. Come on. Come on. You think he gets over there and he looks at it, He's like, come on. No, you don't. Like he obviously yells no, but you think he's like, don't call me over unless you have it done. Yeah. But then I feel like he was watching them being like, well, I'm seeing this wrong anyway, but good for you to pull it out. <laughs> But can I just mention one thing just before any of that happened? There was the tiniest interaction that I, it just made me chuckle. And it was um, Joe and Keith. And Joe goes, Keith, you got one? And Keith goes, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, and obviously he didn't because Wentworth had to help him. And I, yeah, Jeff got so turned on by Joe and Jeremy doing it by themselves. He's like, oh, they are doing... Wait, hold on. I got the sound bite right here. This is like Jeff. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, you didn't know we had that, Matt? <laughs> no, I knew we had it. I just didn't realize that was this episode. <laughs> oh, it was? I don't think it was that. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't this episode. That was from some random episode. But I have that for moments like this when they're just like carrying that back to the beach. That's how you do it. Um, this is good. So- I have to control myself from not overusing that sound bite now. <laughs> Well, I need to eventually add more. That was my plan is to have like iconic survivor phrases just that we could use on a moment's notice. Uh, but yeah, this was really good. There was a few moments that I questioned. I'll just throw it out there. I know it doesn't really change the the challenge at all, but uh, the pink team or the purple team, <laughs> why would you send Abby in the water to get the box out of everyone? Like I'm, I'm all for it. if Abby's like, I can do it. I'm all for, okay, go ahead and do it. I would just, you have Spencer there. I'm trying to think who else was on that crew. 
I, I just felt like that was a choice, and that's when they fell behind is when they sent Abby mm. in the water to get the box. What a questionable decision. Uh, but this was fun. It came down to the wire. And, I mean, like we see, this is great strategy time for everyone to to really see where they truly are in the game. Mm. To Abby's credit, I know she is actually a good swimmer. She is I, a good swimmer. Yeah, she is a good swimmer. So I think that was why they did it. It was just the untying or what not that she's not good at. But the swimming, she is probably one of the strongest swimmers out there without people realizing. I will also add that because she's in the water getting this heavy object, it's probably was better for her to maneuver it easily in the water to the boat where her team with Spencer, uh, Fishback, they could, Latasha, they could all lift it in with her supporting Perfect. from underneath. So, so I that see might the strategy have been there. Yeah. Yeah. I see the thinking there. Uh, it was just the knot that got in the way. Yeah. All right. So like we said, blue team wins the survivor cafe trip and Steven, who was on the pink team is absolutely terrified that Joe is going to go on this reward and is going to bond with Sierra and Kelly Wentworth. And this is really eating at him. He is not happy that he did not get this reward challenge. Oh, he was so like, you could see how even before, like, just his gut reaction when it happened, he was so sad. Um, but my the funniest thing was when he was saying this at camp, <laughs> and then you literally have Queen Abby get over it. <laughs> I literally put it get over it. Debbie Downer. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I feel like this would get me in trouble. Like if I was fish back in that moment, like I'm starving. I'm already probably hangry. And you're being like, get over. I feel like I'd get in like a shouting match with Abby. And we know if you get in a shouting ma match with Abby, you're going to end yeah. up losing. Yeah, exactly. So like I felt for Steven here because this guy's just going through his feels. And Abby could not care any less about it. <laughs> no. And it's funny knowing how like Abby's reactions to the reward challenges on Philippines and seeing her sort of now um, it. You know, it, there's there's growth there. I I love it. I'm I want to see more Abby in the next couple of episodes. The beginning of the season was so Abby heavy. I kind of miss having her in the story. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully, within the next few, we start to see a little bit more from her. Um, why don't we stay at the losing teams camp for just a little bit longer? Because I think that's the more interesting story that's going on. So this is another this is where steven kind of lost me this episode is he is upset that he's not winning he didn't win the reward challenge that he's missing out on the chance to bond but there are seven other five other people they give that he is with that he could be bonding with at that moment to me if i was there with him that would be a major red flag where i'm like so you'd rather talk to the people who are on the reward challenge or you would rather us all be bonding on the reward challenge. Well, why don't we just do that now? Like what, what's the, what's the issue here? I think it, it's, sorry. I was just going to say, sorry. For, yeah, no, I was just going to say, cause I, it, it didn't seem like it was just food. Yeah. No, the thing with Steven and there's two things about it. He already knows, like, I think he already feels tight with Spencer. He feels tight with Jeremy and he probably feels tight with um, Tasha. So he kind of feels like that is fine. I think, I, I put this in my notes, I feel like he's really wanting to, we saw it at the start of the episode, he really kind of wants to start playing the middle and have a bit more fluidity in his gameplay. And I feel like that was his frustration. And I think 
he he then used the token tunes thing of you know people would bond and stuff and it's like why would you say that but it's because he sees that the people that really could make the game fluid sierra and kelly and even to a degree kimmy it's the only time i'm going to give kimmy some credit because <laughs> she is very like she's kind of that person where you could grab it even keith like keith is very Unless much you're just like friend. there yeah there. Um, but like I think that's what Steven wanted. He wanted to be able to play the middle. And now that he's seeing the person that he doesn't want to be able to play that have that opportunity have it, it's making him crack a bit. I mean, the big the biggest down part about Steven's game is his unwillingness to work with some people. Um, yeah. in Survivor, you have to be fluid. At all times, you might hate this person. You might be against them. You might be scared at what you know they could do to you, getting you out of the game. But you still have to find a way to work with them and and make it work out. And I don't think that's something that Fishback is willing to do. He has who he works with, and then he's got his enemies. And his enemies will always stay his enemies. And his biggest enemy this season, his Lex Luthor, to make a comic reference, is, I mean... It's Joe, this this God tier guy, Joe, to, to fish back. He is just so terrified. And I know you guys have probably used uh, this saying before. His blinders are, it, it's literally his blinders to being a good survivor player. I mean, a really great survivor player this season is just how fixated he is on getting Joe out of the game. I agree. I think he's focusing on the wrong area of change for his game in token chains i think his mistake was just i think he, working with jt was great for him he just couldn't get him out when he needed to and i feel like he is trying to rush the process this time and say i'm not even going to try working with this person and i think what's so funny about what you said randy about um him having this sort of antagonist to his hero story is that the antagonist to him joe is completely unaware or would have been unaware of steven's feelings towards him if it weren't for steven going out of his way to paint joe as a target joe has had no indication all season up until this episode that he even wants to target steven there's there's nothing like he has no issue with the guy. And, and the thing with Joe is I don't even really see Joe being someone who's like, we got to keep the strong guys together because Joe knows from his past season that he's going to be a target because of his physical threat. And he knows those big guys are going to end up going after him. We see that when I know we're not there yet, but I'll just throw it really quick. We see that when Sierra and everyone is talking to Joe and saying, you know, they're going to come after you. Joe is a very aware player. Like, he knows it's going to end up happening. He knows the big guys are going to turn on him. So that's why I'm like, Stephen, if you went to Joe and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. The big guys are all going to band together. I almost feel like Joe might be, like, wanting to go with Stephen and work with Stephen. That could have been a path forward for him. But he doesn't even explore that option because he just assumes Joe's a bigger guy. He's going to go with the big guys. And I don't think that's frankly the case. I just don't see that being the type of player that joe is more savage <clears throat> <laughs> well let, let's talk about this too so steven pitches blindsiding joe to jeremy he also pitches blindsiding joe to spencer and while he's pitching blindsiding joe to tasha savage overhears this plan and savage is not happy 
about this plan because he wants to keep Joe. So this is where I was talking about with, it's not about, he's not old gameplay, it's old mindset. And we've seen this happen with Savage a lot. It's basically this, not moral high ground, but this sense of if someone says anything about him or his alliance, they are the devil incarnated. Mm-hmm. Because literally he was like, it's, it's not even how he was saying stuff, it was literally what he was saying. Like, it, you, you've heard this all before, it's not what you say, it's how you say it's the complete opposite for him. Because he, all because Stephen wants to get Joe out because of how strong of a physical player he is, which is true, like, no one can deny it. And Savage is there going, he's disgusting, he's diabolical, and I'm like, <laughs> mate, the guy just wants to make a move. <laughs> it's true. I'll, I'll quickly throw out the quote where he says, the scheming, lying, deceit by Steven is disgusting. You're right. But then he's playing the game and that's why I'm like, what? But it's because he's got that old mindset of I must protect. It's similar to Rupert. If anyone knows Rupert from season eight and season seven, we won't go with season 20, but the other ones. Um, <laughs> but in those seasons, in that old school seasons, it was whoever was his allies, if you said a bad word, Rupert was like, no. And it's the same with Savage. He's, and it's good. It shows loyalty, which is good for Savage, but it kind of is similar to Steven. It limits his options. Because then he goes, because as soon as Sierra and Cass did that, it was absolutely dead to Savage. And then there was other times that Savage would just not work with these specific people because they weren't by on strong. And it's like, that's, that's his, that's been his mindset throughout the game. So it's like, that's where you're getting into the merge phase now. Like Randy said, you have to be able to work with everyone. And Savage is stopping. He's not. And I mean, like, if I ever went, don't get me wrong. If I ever went on a season with Savage, I'm linking up with Savage immediately because of his undying loyalty to the Alliance's cause like, but it's, it's almost like, it's almost like Savage has his cult. And if you go against his cult, you're like, he's like, you're dead to him and everything. And I thought Fishback's uh, kind of presentation about why Joe needs to go home. It was very well said. He was very well said. It would make me think it made Jeremy think Jeremy was like, mm, you're making some good points, but average or average. I combined Andrew and Savage to make out. Av- yeah, average Savage, as I sh- I should start calling him. <laughs> he uh, literally just didn't even listen. The moment Fishback said, "Let's go against someone in the Bion Strong Alliance," it was wah, 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 and he's now public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Well, Savage goes and goes ahead and warns Joe that Stephen is throwing his name out. And this puts Joe in a tough position. So he does trust Savage. So here's the thing. We've only had one individual immunity challenge to this point that Joe won. I feel terrible for Joe because now he is put in a position where people think he is going to win everything. So in order to stay in the game, he has to win everything. Yeah. 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 Um, unfortunately it is kind of because again Joe did it on his first season he just proved how strong he was and I understand he was trying to keep that subdued this season but 
I've always kind of referenced it throughout the season. He would just do little things. And I think that's the reason they always kind of crept it in. Like, it would almost look like a throwaway thing, but then you would add them up and be like, well, Joe did this and this reward. Joe did this during this immunity. And it's like, actually, even when he's trying to hide it, he's proving how strong of a physical player he is. And it's just the fact that, you know, he managed to win the first one. It's just that confirmation of people to be like, he is still as strong as a physical threat as he was in his last season. And I don't think he's ever going to be able to shake it. Yeah, for Joe to be able to kind of shake that sense of he is that physical threat, he's going to have to gain like 400 pounds and go on a season like with absolutely no muscle, like at none whatsoever. Like that's what he's going to have to do because that's any time he plays the game, people are just going to see him as a massive physical threat. And it's, it's tough for him because I've stated it already. Joe is actually a really good social player and he's so self-aware when it comes to his gameplay and, and people just can't look past the physical threat, the physical aspect. And I mean, they have a, a right to, because he statistically is the best person when it comes to challenges. So, I mean, if you're a super fan and you're, and you're looking at that too, especially after this season, you know, it's, I can see why everyone thinks he could just win out every competition. Well, we're going to see if he is able to win this individual immunity challenge in just 47 seconds as we have our ad break. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me this shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. Me, I want them. Did you, two see, did you two see Katie now makes the um, Big Brother house keys? She does. You can get your name on them and they are, I, I need to get one. Like I really want one. I know I want like a keychain. I don't know if they're all keychain versions, but I don't know why I picked up my phone too, but I want like a keychain <laughs> version to put on my key. Uh, and then I, this is a chance just for me real quick to shout out for the channel. For the first time ever, we are covering Big Brother 25. Uh, I won't tell you who's on it. I don't want to spoil anything, but there are some survivor connections, some major. Yeah, Ollie's on it. <laughs> there are some major survivor connections. So uh, check that out. There's a great crew covering that. I did the first episode with Jack um, and it's called Big Brother Now on the Survivor Now Network. Doesn't make sense. No, but it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> it'll make sense nowadays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Also, Matthew, we did talk. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, what? Else? Okay, sure. We sure. have to. We have to talk about the reward. That's true. Okay, this is what we get for going out of order a little bit. So, <laughs> we at the reward challenge. I lied. We're not doing the immunity challenge yet. But at at the reward at the Survivor Cafe that we all have figured out is just the sanctuary again. Um, Sierra goes all out and just sort of talks about how Jeremy, Tasha, Savage, and Steven are a solid four, and that they're running the game. And she's just trying to win 
the people who are with her over at this point. I don't see this as a bad strategy. I think she really does have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And I don't know if it's working, really. I mean, I'm looking at their faces. You can kind of see how Joe is reacting. And he's like, I do. She's making good points. They are going to, you know, come after me eventually. But I never felt like any of the people part of the alliance, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe was there. He's part of it. Kimmy, Keith, is that, was that it? And, yeah. and Kelly Wigglesworth. And Wigglesworth. And Wentworth. I, I never, I, and Wentworth. <laughs> I never see uh, Wigglesworth or Kimmy kind of steering away from that alliance. I just don't see it from those two. So you would be going after Joe and Keith. I love Keith to death, but Keith just goes with the flow. Tell him where the numbers is. That's where he's going to go. Joe's really the only hope you have to maybe convince him to flip, and then maybe Mm -hmm. he can get a few more people. And even though Joe is aware that people are going to start coming after him, it it never really seemed to me that he was considering at this point flipping. Yeah, I think at that point, she she had every right to do it, and I think it was – it was a smart thing of her to do because, again, she has nothing to lose and it's the perfect time when they're relaxed. I think at that moment, everyone was like, oh, we're just going to let her say it. She can just continue. I don't think it had an effect until after the immunity or even after they came back. That's when what she probably had to say probably resonated with people more. I might argue that it was actually when Savage told joe that steven was throwing his name out i think that is when it really clicked for joe um and this uh, we'll, we'll get to it at the immunity challenge but i have a thought about how that played out um i agree sierra is sort of just throwing things out there it's not really sticking you're right joe is kind of the only person that i might interfere with i think that is confirmed for joe when savage does tell him Steven's been throwing his name out. But then my favorite part of all of this was Keith stealing a tuk-tuk. This is, is the epitome of like Keith's survivor career. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, every time I see that scene now, it just like makes me remember Keith. And it's so sad that we lost him. Um, but this was so fun. This was just fun. And this is something I'm going to go on a small, tiny, tiny rant. This is something we don't get in New Age Survivor, where it's like you get you get to eat. That's pretty much it, and it's the same thing every single time. This is such a fun moment that has been remembered throughout the years. Like it's such an iconic moment. Seeing them kind of go down that Cambodia beach. You have Joe saying this is going to be Keith in ten years. You have Keith saying, "Oh, we don't have beaches in Louisiana," and he's just like, "You call, we tow," and like oh, you yeah. can just see the general fun that these people are having. I don't even know if they were allowed to do that. I love that you said he stole a tuk-tuk because probably I'm sure once it happened, the camera people were looking around and they were like, is he, is he allowed to let it happen? Let it happen. I I was trying to freeze frame it and see the people behind, like the people who were serving them. I was trying to see their facial expressions to see if like this was allowed. I didn't get a clear answer, but as soon as everyone started getting into the carriage, so a a tuk-tuk is like a motorized bike with like a carriage attached to it. Um, And as soon as people started getting in there, like I I have a feeling that there was some, Hey, y'all want to take a ride with Keith 
in they the had to. They had to. It was it was his driving a tur turk on the beach with man birdies. I was like, <laughs> I love it. But like this is what like this is when you think of reward challenges in Survivor, this is like one of those iconic ones you remember. Like any Survivor fan, they're like, oh, what's some really good like reward? They'll remember this because of that big human element. And it was kind of like what you said, Randy. We in New Age Survivor, we have kind of lost more of those human elements. Cause it was like, I think the latest one we kind of saw was um in 44 with the um with the letters and it was mm. the four people i'm trying not to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen <laughs> but it was that that reward with them for and it was the letters from home and yeah like that was a moment and that was such a human element that we all loved and it this is kind of that similar it's such a human element where everyone went screw the game get in the tuck tuck let's go like those were the moments I love. The last like, thing I'll say for it, sorry, Matthew. Last thing I'll say, there were two tuck tucks. So I am highly convinced that the castaways got into one and went down the beach, and the camera crew got in the other and followed them down the beach to get the <laughs> shots. I'm convinced that that's how this worked out, how this played out. Production went, we're taking it, thanks. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's how they got here. Real quick, before we get into the immunity challenge, I want to know from both of you, since we're on the subject, what is your favorite survivor reward challenge you've seen? That one. Oh, oh that one? one. But for I mean, me, that one. That was that is the one I always remember. Or there is another one. One remember. that stands out to me, I don't know if it's my favorite. Like I said, my memory is not the best. But way, way, way back in Survivor, um, out, yeah, Australia? No, Survivor Africa. It was the movie date between two people who couldn't be more different and had no, it was, oh my gosh, it was Frank it was, and Bade? No, not Bade. No, Frank and Brandon. Brandon, yes. And that was an iconic moment because you have back then, I'm pretty sure an openly gay man and then a very old-fashioned mindseted guy. They had not gotten along in the game whatsoever. And just to see them watch a movie and both of them being like, you know what? I had a really enjoyable night. It was so humbling and so amazing to see. Yeah. The, the other one I kind of want to mention was just because I've been like I've just recently been watching Token Jeans, and it was the auction. Um, because you saw reactions with um, Taj getting her video and then everything that happened after. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, Matt, you opened a, a rabbit hole. Because I did just remember, I think, the one that is my favorite. I can't remember what season, but they went down in the ocean and saw like... Oh the whale sharks? I think it might have been the whale sharks. I don't know. There was a, I thought there was a moment they went in the ocean and saw like something lighting up. I can't remember all like, the jellyfish. Jellyfish, yes, yes. That was that was life changing. Like I was thinking at the time. I can't remember what season it was. Was it Palau? Uh, Bobby John? Oh they, no, was it Micronesia? I think it might have been Micronesia. Because I, I can't. Yeah. Yes, because wasn't it Alexis, Natalie? I think so. I think so. I can't. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. We'll talk about it off air and I'll, I don't know. I'll see if I can find it, but that's, 
yeah, that's there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. And if any of our viewers know, go ahead and let us know in the comments which season that was. For me, it was the swimming with whale sharks. I think that's incredibly special, and I would love to do that. That was Survivor Philippines. Um, Philippines all right, yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, let's go ahead and go right into the immunity challenge. Uh, each castaway will balance a ball on a platform that is suspended in the air by a rope. At regular intervals, the castaways will move farther down the rope and away from the platform, making the challenge more difficult. The last person to keep their ball on their platform wins individual immunity. Didn't we just do this? They're very ball heavy this season. <laughs> yeah. Ball <laughs> on a platform. I've lost Ollie. I've lost Ollie. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking the exact same thing. This was literally the challenge last week. They just added more rope. I mean, instead of just holding it, you added it. To Ollie, are you are you dead? <laughs> Ollie, take a sip of your tea. Take a sip of the tea. Take a sip of the water. This is going there on. You go. This is the clip going. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm crying. Yeah. Uh no, I had that written down. I was ready to say it. Um, no, so yeah, it's the exact same challenge, just in a different format. And it had the same dynamic as we saw someone who won last week. It was Tasha who was trying to redeem herself and once again win the challenge. And this time it was Keith. And it, it was cool seeing both of them get so close to winning the challenge for a second time. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. So in San Juan del Sur, Keith won the challenge. And what's also funny is that Jeremy, who was also on that season, was the first out when he participated in it. So Jeremy does is not the first out this time. So that's a redemption for him as well. <laughs> Fourth out. I believe he Fourth. was the... I, I just feel like... Okay, here's a question I had. And this is going like to the production team. Because they kept cutting. They'd be like, okay, you guys are now on the second part oh. of the rope. And then they'd be like, you guys are now on the third part of the rope. So my assumption at the very beginning when the challenge was starting was they would place the ball and then have to back up, which I think is a challenge in itself. I'm like, no wonder people drop immediately because the ball's already moving. Once you get in place, it just drops. But I'm starting to think that they got in position and then production came by and put the ball on each of the discs. And that's mm. why they cut from when they were like, okay, we're going to move on to the next act Because they obviously don't want yeah. the audience to see people dropping the balls on the disc. Yeah. Um, I think also, that's I would I would just like to say it was my Pronesia. I just looked it up. Hey! hey. hey. That's what I was so, doing, trying to focus myself. Was, was anyone shocked by the outcome, though? It was exciting. I think mm. it, was, it, was. it was fun because we knew that Joe really needed immunity right now more than ever so whenever we have that storyline going into the immunity challenge that there's someone you need to keep your eye on because there's a good chance that this will make or break the game for them i think that is always very exciting like you said yeah. it was also very cool to see that keith was the previous winner of this challenge and he sort of became like the boss to beat if that makes sense so mm -hmm. joe it, it was great that it ended up being between the two of them but I just want to say this because everyone's painting. So this is what I've noticed during the challenge, and I kind of remembered it. Joe, obviously, everyone's painting Joe as this bad, big physical threat, like he's gonna win out. But there's also been one person that's always been in contention both times. Are you talking and, Spencer? Yeah, so I was thinking that, Tasha too. Tasha yeah. has also been every so single I, time. When I'm sat there, everyone's being like, "Oh, Joe's this big bad threat." 
Well, guess what? Right now, as soon as Joe wins, it's probably going to be Spencer because he's been right up there. Also, can we just talk about the funny moment where um, Savage flipped off the thing? Oh, yeah. I probably would have done that. Do you know what? Credit to because I would have done that. Probably. I'd been like, oh. <laughs> How dare you, Paul? Stupid ball. It's like you form an emotional connection to the challenge. <laughs> I'd probably be more object. Abby. Abby just like threw the disc down. That would be me. Yeah, like... I'd, I'd be one of those two. It would either be an Abby reaction or a Savage reaction. I, I blame you. It wasn't me. It was the equipment. I thought it was also cool that they got to... So Keith and Joe go long enough where they need two balls added onto their platform. Yes. And I think that that made it so much more difficult. And it was impressive to see how long they actually lasted through the rest of the challenge i think i would have liked the challenge even more if it was less about the rope and like the distance to the disc i understand that makes it harder but i think it would have been cooler if they just had a set distance maybe do the the second you know rope back or whatever and then they just kept adding balls to it like eventually i think that would have been really cool if you're measure or you're balancing like five different balls i think that could have been a different way you did the challenge to make it a little different than just we're going to go back to different intervals, much so, like the so, challenge was last week. So yeah. what I'm hearing is Randy wanted more balls. We need more balls. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to make it more fun. So yes. let's Always go. Let we, we know that Joe wins individual immunity. So let's just, because we have a lot to talk about, and I want to make sure that we get to everything between the post-immunity uh camp life and then also tribal council so real quick because i think we're going to have way more to talk about a tribal council let's talk about some of the highlights at uh the camp after the immunity challenge obviously joe's feeling great he just won immunity uh but now the game is let's all try to get steven because savage apparently wants steven out so joe approaches wentworth wiggles and tells them that savage wants steven gone pretty good strategy put throw savage in front of the bus although there is a part of me that's like joe maybe you could take credit for this um but that's where we're at right now so wentworth and wiggles uh well more like wentworth and sierra are feeling uh more confident with a plan like this yeah because i think it's like what we alluded to that this is where kind of what sierra and what wentworth were pitching earlier in the reward is now coming to fruition because it's like don't just trust this thing, do your own thing. And I think it also kind of, because you kind of did see, uh, with this episode specifically, I did see a lot of Joe and Kelly Wigglesworth together. And I feel like you kind of saw that them two were quite close. Um, also, just it was the first part of it was Stephen going, he's my white whale. And I was like, not the whale. <laughs> um, but no, it's it was very clear that Joe was like, right, Stephen ain't got immunity. I'm going for it. And it was this this big thing that was going to happen. And then you saw the glue come into play because it was all happening until a certain someone went, nope, I'm keeping this, this thing alive for as long as possible. I'm going to say there were two people that I would give credit for that. And for me, that would be Jeremy and Spencer in terms mm. of the ones being able to take the target off of Stephen. I think... Uh, Spencer actually gave out a really great point when Savage is like, hey, it's time to get Steven out. I like how Spencer went about this because he said, listen, we know what Steven wants to do. 
he is completely predictable and he can't do that if he doesn't have the support of the alliance so well said that is for me one of the most well said moments of this episode is because it's it's just so i know i keep using the word awareness but it's so good and spencer being aware of the situation we know just to simplify it i know everyone probably understands it but just for the sake of simplifying it we know he wants joe Everybody knows it. It's no secret. He cannot do that if he doesn't get all of us in. So he's pretty much stuck. And it's it's such a... I think that might have been where Spencer convinced, convinced everyone else of like, let's not do this. Because then you see Savage literally be like, I'll do whatever the group wants to do. Because it's obvious mm. that the group is against me. And I'm kind of wondering why Savage and Joe didn't just go to the girls on the bottom. I'm trying to think of the numbers now. They were so focused on if our alliance isn't going to make this move, then we can't make it. Why not just flip alliances and go over to, you know, with the girls that would give you Joe Savage, Wentworth, Sierra, Abby. Am I missing anyone? Is that what would the numbers be at that point? Is that so? It dead? would have been, so you would have had because obviously Abby, Sierra, and Wentworth, Joe and Savage, and then they yeah. probably have Kelly. So unless they could get Keith, then there'd be a majority. But the only issue, the reason why that wouldn't happen, is because that's too new school for Savage. Yeah, yeah, it's too new school for him. He wouldn't have because. He already has these great relationships he's made with his little cult, as Randy called it. Um, so that's what I use. Um, because he has that group, he sits there and goes, well, why do I need to figure out anything with them lot? This is my group. This is the people I can work with. These, these are the people I can work around. So, I, I was going to say, I think that that is where Savage, we talked about, that is where Jeremy is very easily able to also sway him over because he reinforces the idea of getting rid of Wentworth or Sierra to get their numbers down. And then they start, so they want to get rid of Wentworth and Sierra before they start getting rid of themselves. And I think that that like disguise of safety is really appealing to Savage. Mm. No. Yeah. I mean, I, it's. I, I was just gonna say that's well said, Matthew. That's what. That's what. Well said. I, <laughs> I don't have anything that well. <laughs> that's basically the highlight of camp life. Except Tasha approaches Joe and is like, "Hey, it's it's not gonna happen. Um, we, you know, the vote, the change, the it's it's changed." And Joe lets uh, Sierra and kelly wentworth no it's not going to happen so they're both basically like well it's us i do think that's socially very good of joe because he at least went to them even though for me it reminded me of very albert from south pacific um very much like here is here is your lifeline actually i'm taking it away um but still i think both of them because it was a return because it's a returning season i think it it did still keep Joe with some sort of favor with them too, because they'd still sort of know in the back of their mind, there's still this 
thing. So there's Joe is still someone that they can go to. But I do agree with them. Like I, if I was in their position and that came back to me, I would have been like, I'm I'm throwing the rice in the fire. Were you guys surprised that more people from the alliance weren't down to make the move against Fish Fishback? Because, nope. like, I mean, the girls keep preaching. You're you have this alliance. Someone has to be on the bottom. And this is a, a thing that I always questioned is like year after year, we, we would see these alliances pagong the kind of other tribe in a sense. And it's like, you have to be, you have to know that you're on the bottom of a, an eight person alliance. You all can't be on the top. And I feel like this season, it's pretty obvious who's on top of that alliance. So I think I was a little surprised that it wasn't more chaotic back at camp trying to figure out what side you're you're going to be on obviously the producers did a great job at making it seem like there was a difference but going yeah. into tribal council i felt pretty aware that the alliance was going to stick together and one of the girls were going to go home yeah, yeah. it it's one of those things where i think especially when you see the players that are that, that, that were in that situation that i feel like kimmy probably just thought I've got Stephen and I've got Jeremy. That's me sorted. Wigglesworth probably was like, I have Joe and I have Savage. Sorted. Keith is just there being Keith, loving <laughs> pieces. He's just going with flow. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the people that are the bottom ones feel like they have these certain connections. And it's probably those people as well preaching this whole thing of, well, how can they say that when Asprey are good? How can they say that this is the top when us two are good? Like, it's one of those. I think, um, I, I don't want to be mean and say it's because they're old school, but I feel like the old school players who are kind of similar with Savage of liking this pack mentality are just wanting to stick with it and go forward from there. Because it's easy and it feels safe. So let's get into the actual tribal council. Um when Cass enters, she uh, flips the bird at everyone. It was a wonderful callback. Oh, um, I didn't see that. She did. Yeah, she I didn't see that moment. When, <laughs> when Jeff welcomes the first member of the jury, she goes ahead and does that. Um, Sierra, we've, we've sort of talked about this. and I, I don't think we need to talk more, much more in detail about the pack mentality, but she's, Sierra's really frustrated that people don't seem to be fighting for their spot. And I feel like I understand this argument more this tribal council than last tribal council i could sort of forgive people for thinking it would be easier to go ahead and you know just stick with the majority the first uh vote out of the merge however now it's kind of getting a little bit ridiculous and i see more so where sierra is coming from when she says let's let's play let's make a big move yeah. um and i will also just throw out that there was a lot of things that Savage and Steven said that we'll get into that I I was just not here for. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I know this is the first podcast we've done together. Tribal councils at time, I try to, I try to cover like the biggest points and I tend to just tune out. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I know some people are like, this is the biggest talking point. It's tribal council. It's almost like, 
I pay so much attention to the entire episode and then tribal council to me, it's just a blur. And then I see who gets voted out. I did put, I put in my notes, Sierra wants everyone to get off their ass and make a move, which I respect. It's so frustrating when you are just stuck on the bottom. And I'm saying that from someone who's just played like online, you know, like orgs and stuff like that. Um, it is so frustrating when you're on the bottom and you can do nothing because everyone is just so content with where they're at. So I do get the frustration from Sierra when she went on uh, kind of that speech and saying, let's play. Like we came to play survivor. Like let's make some moves and stuff. Let's not wait to make the moves four votes down the line. Let's make them now. There's no reason we can't make them now. And so I get her frustration. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to hear when you brought up the savage and um, fishback part, I want to hear what happened at tribal. Cause I'm as interested as everyone else. Well, so, uh, go, go. go ahead, Ollie, please. No, I was just going to say, going back to what you said about kind of Sierra's frustrations. Um, I kind of get it. Cause the tribal beforehand, her and Kath kind of did it to themselves and looking back i'm kind of like they made great points but they set themselves up because they were making themselves the targets this tribal what i think what is different is actually people came to them they didn't go to people people came to them about trying to change the game up and then completely backpedaled and i can understand why that's frustrating because again same with randy shout out orgs triumph um but People will like just say something and then backpedal and you're sat there going, so why have you just wasted my time? And I can understand that's why probably CEO is frustrated because she's been there being like, right, we're going to, we're going to play Survivor and we're going to do this. And it's like, so you've just wasted my time. And especially when everyone has acknowledged that there's this big group and then it's everyone beforehand is going, yeah, there is probably a hierarchy. And now all of a sudden it's, no, we're all best friends and all great. It's like, no, you're not. I'm like, there are shepherds and there are some sheep. And you have to figure out if you are the shepherd leading them or if you are just the little sheep. And I feel like that's what she's trying to push. And it's frustrating hearing Savage say things that are so clearly, he's basically saying there is a power structure here without saying that there is a power structure yes. here. And I think one of the quotes that I pulled was, Basically, he admitted that there is a group that he is a part of that has mutual respect for each other. And then he says there is another group who are at the same level of him and that group that have the mutual respect for one another. So if I'm sitting there and I know that I'm working with Savage, I would be no matter where if no matter what he thought of me, if, if we had the mutual respect or if we didn't, but I was still voting with him, I would be second guess and be like, well, where where am I? Am I in the mutual respect group? Am I in the I'd, adjacent? He said, he said I'd straight well. up ask. I'd straight up ask. I'd be like, where, where, where is each person then? I wish that Sierra and Wentworth did that because they said that there is a group of four that is running this game. And here's where Sierra, I feel like needs needed to be a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word, uh, confident in what she was oh, saying. Great. She, she yeah. gave five names um, 
in she said the the group of four were Jeremy Savage Tasha and then the fourth member was either Steven or Joe. I feel like she should have just locked in on one and called it a day because Steven, you know. yeah, I would have went with Steven because that signals to Joe. If you say Steven or Joe, it leaves it open for interpretation for Joe, and he's like, Oh yeah, I might be in that group. Mm, Where yeah. if you just say Steven, that group is Savage, Jeremy, Steven, and Tasha. They are not splitting up then that makes Joe think about it more. But just including his name, he's not going to be thinking about it quite as much. Yeah. I, I kind of actually disagree. And I think it would have been smarter to say say Joe's name Ooh. because Joe would have then been paranoid. Because here's the thing. Joe, Joe and Savage were the ones that backed away from the Stephen vote. So number one, having Stephen not have his name out there he'd be worried being like, oh my God, Joe is controlling this game. And then he'd also potentially start being paranoid with Jeremy being like, is Jeremy actually Jeremy actually not got my best interests? And then with Joe, it could have made Joe paranoid being like, I'm already this big physical threat. Are people now putting me in as a physical threat where my target is too big? Especially now when he knows Savage has had his back. So is he kind of now being like, crap, my like, I'm getting too exposed. It so would think- isolate Fishback as well. Yeah. Exactly. All right. That's a good point. The only issue that I had with her saying five names when they already established that it was a group of four was that Jeremy was able to uh, very quickly shut that down just by stating the mere fact that they're not truly yeah. sure because they said five names. Um, I see both of your strategies, Randy and Ollie, playing out fairly well. Uh, I'd be interested to see what would have happened if she did just say Joe. Mm. That's interesting. So the other thing that I wanted to flag here that really irked me is that I feel like Steven actually believes the lies he is saying. So Steven makes a point to say, well, I think, I think that we're, you know, I think we're all very equal. You know, this is, this, this game has never been played like the way we're playing it this season. This is truly a special season. I'm so annoyed by this. I don't know why. But it's just it's really irritating to me, this answer. He probably does believe it. Like, knowing Steven, like, he can talk himself into some some wacky and wild situations, especially when he's in his own head getting too far ahead of himself. He's looking down the road at, like, you know, tribal 19 or whatever. I know that's, like, there's not 19 tribals, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, so he probably has talked himself into thinking that they're playing a level of gameplay that has never been done before. But you are a, talking to Steven, you're a Survivor super fan. You've seen all these seasons. You know that's not true. Come on. I mean, there's yeah. some good gameplay. But but so far, it's been pretty reserved this season. So he yeah. has to know that's not true. No, it's that thing of he's saying, like, this has never been done before. I'm like, what? I mean, technically... That was a super majority, which we see in newer Survivor now. I don't think since before then we had kind of like a big, big, like that big of a group. So in that respect, fair enough. But it's also that thing of, he's saying this is new and innovative, but it is just a group, a majority going after a minority. I'm like, I don't see the correlation. And again, Savage kind of alluded to it during pre-survival and kind of made a joke it's being like, Steven says he's one of the most strategic players of all time. Well, technically, he actually is. 
if anyone's seen his game in token jeans and kind of there are there are parts now it's like that is the Stephen we know why he is such a strategic threat. Fantastic. It was just, yeah, it was just that moment I was like, Stephen, what's wrong? What? 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 No, this isn't you. Stop it. it. It seemed like he was trying to take a page out of Savage's book of let's let's just go for the we are united and you are wrong for thinking anything other than that. And I think Savage is more successful at it than Steven was in this moment. So that's basically the whole story of tribal council in terms of the questions that are being asked. We get more pleas from Sierra basically saying, how could you all believe this BS that everyone is equal? When there is an alliance, there is someone on the top and there is someone on the bottom. When you're an eight person alliance, not all eight of you are making it to the finale. So where do you fall in this group? And I like that she kept bringing this question up we also like you said randy wentworth is like hey uh people approached us wanting to make a big move and i like when jeff sort of wanted her to voice who that person was i like that kelly wentworth was like i may have to work with them tomorrow so i'd rather just not say i think that was very very smart yeah yeah and i mean that just shows the type of player that wentworth is like she's not willing to throw anyone under the bus because she, she doesn't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And that's how you have to play this game. When we were talking earlier about playing a flexible game and being able, being willing and able to work with anyone, that's the type of player that went with this. She knows that. So even though she's on the bottom, even though she has enemies in this game, she's smart enough to realize that this is a day-to-day game. I live my life on let's take each day, day by day. And I feel like that's how you have to take Survivor as well. So such a such a great move mm. by, by Wentworth here. I, I also just want to add, I personally wouldn't say it's flexible. I would say it's adapting. And for, like, mm. for me, whenever I look at Survivor and Org or just gameplay, I always look at the best players are the ones that can adapt. And that's what Kelly is kind of doing. But she she did it. She mentioned it openly. She was like, well, I might have to work with these people tomorrow. So I've got a, I'm not saying this because I want to have the um, ability to adapt next round. So I, again, kudos to Kelly for not saying anything. And I think she kind of knew why she, why she said that because she was like, well, I know I'm going to be here next round. So I need to not say anything. You know what? It was just a big enough hint. So let's go ahead and now talk about the moment I think everyone has been waiting for. Oh, I thought everyone... that, I thought that was it. I thought we're done. Episode done. Nothing else yeah. happened. <laughs> we could call it there if you want to. And leave it for part two. I don't remember. Bye. <laughs> so everyone goes to vote. Okay. We don't see this is the only episode where I I don't we don't see anyone write a name down. Everyone is completely in the dark. We go back and Jeff asks the question, if anyone has a hidden hidden immunity idol and you would like to play it, now would be the time. Here comes the first hidden immunity idol play of the season. Kelly Wentworth says she's not ready to go home and gives Jeff the hidden immunity idol. Everyone in the OG Bion Alliance, their face just drops. Just drops. I have questions about this, but I want to talk about what ends up happening first. We get nine votes on Wentworth, Savage, Kimmy, Steven, Joe, Jeremy, Tasha, Keith, and Spencer. I want to point out here that they did show nine votes, but in the montage, 
Uh, they did not show who Wiggles voted for, but in the montage, they did show eight votes for Wentworth. So I'm, I can only assume, unfortunately, it seems like the producers also forgot about Wigglesworth. So um, she can be the ninth vote. And yo, no, 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 no. Don't keep talking like that and just happen. We have to. We, we're out of time. <laughs> and then we get three votes on Savage, Wentworth, Sierra, and Abby. This was the ultimate slay the antagonist type of moment i thought it played out beautifully all i have to say is dragon slayed that's all i have to say on that one uh i'll I'll just add this and you can check out all of these uh records on our website survivornowpodcast.com or you can go to truedorktimes.com where we get the records and stuff but i posted on there as well kelly wentworth Number one, all time, votes voided in a single play. I had nine wow. here. Uh, number one, all time, votes voided in a single season. Sorry, it's my minor spoiler there. Just letting you know altogether how great she is. Um, and then number one, votes voided in a career. So like that's, this is a historical moment in, in Survivor. It's crazy that she was able to void this many votes against her. I was shocked even watching this back. And I'm imagine I was shocked at the time. How did the vote get to Wentworth? You've seen Sierra running around all day, literally pitching, you know, we need the, you know, let's get off our asses. Let's do this. She's kind of been the pest all day. I haven't really seen that from Wentworth. So how did the vote end up being Wentworth and not Sierra? It's crazy to think that if they if they went Sierra, it would have just been an idle play that meant absolutely nothing. Sierra would have went home and not and not Savage. It doesn't shock me that the girls went with Savage because it's Savage. Um, but I mean, that kind of shocked me. So I'm interested to hear if you guys have any takes on that. But how did the vote get to Wentworth? So I, I think I've heard this. I've heard, I've heard Kelly mention this somewhere, and I'm hoping, Kelly, if you watch this, number one, love you, but maybe she can confirm. Um, I swear in an interview, someone had mentioned that the reason the vote went on to Kelly is because they thought she was least likely to have an idol or have an idol played on her. And what happened was, allegedly, and again, Kelly or someone can confirm this, I believe Joe told Kelly last minute. He was like, look, I'm letting you know it is actually going to be you because I respect you. This is what I've heard within the Survivor realm. If we got to get Kelly on now. We have to get Kelly on. I think you should. We need a special episode dedicated with Kelly. Absolutely. Because here I also had some questions about this moment, which is, why did the majority alliance not split votes again? I feel like they still oh, would have even had think about that. the five, four split. They had nine votes. They still would have had the five, four. And then that was confusing. I would love to know how they agreed on that. And if, if my other question would be, you know, was Kelly nervous about Sierra? Probably, you know, Sierra going home if she played her idol. Um, but it's, it's cause it's just mind boggling that they didn't split it. Hmm. I wonder why Jeremy didn't play his idol also, because if he knew that all nine votes were on Kelly Wentworth and her votes were not going to count anymore, oh, and he's in yeah. that 
majority alliance and he has been voiced as a threat <clears throat> very I, gutsy I, yeah i feel like i might play my idol if i was in his position i think the only thing that saved him was joe and savage backpedaling and i think the girls just went savage is always going to stick with them so why what's the point because the thing is joe didn't have if joe had the necklace obviously but i feel like they probably felt more they could get joe on side whereas savage he tried all of this thing and then all of a sudden it was backpedal so we got a we got the second bird of the episode from Savage. He dropped yeah, a did. double. We he dropped a double <laughs> bird, and once again, once again, it's Ollie's favorite, favorite fiery Brazilian Abby, who on the way out. Well, you made the jury. <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> that hat, y'all. That was like the. We, we got a small amount of Abby this episode and the last episode too, but just like seeing her strike like that made me so happy. And then also when he did flip her the bird, uh, she, without hesitation, right back at you. Abby and is doing the Lord's it. work right now. <laughs> well, clearly this episode, like we said at the beginning, is a defining era of the history of Survivor. I, I think... I'm so happy that I got to witness this now. It caught me so by surprise as a first time viewer. I just want to thank everyone who joined us today for, you know, part engaging in this conversation with us. We are going to be back next week for episode nine. Like Randy said, we're also covering Big Brother on the channel. So make sure if you're a fan of that, that you check us out. And thanks for watching.